0: Testing, the Modern Testing Podcast. Join your hosts, Alan, God, now I'm mad, <laughs> and Brent.
1: I am mindless agile robot. I must iterate.
0: God. <laughs> as we talk about software engineering, software quality, leadership, and whatever else comes to mind. Now, on with the show. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome, welcome. Good to have you here on the A-B Testing Podcast. I'm all three of you. Yes, thank you, all three of you, for listening yet again and joining us in 2019. And I made this rant one year ago, almost exactly in 2018. The proper way to pronounce the year we're in is 2019, not 2019. If you disagree, you can just stop talking to me. I, I, I mean, I,
1: if you feel like this I, I, I you're wasn't, every I year? wasn't
0: born in 1965. I was born in 1965. Just saying.
1: Yeah, if you're going to do this every year, perhaps you need to be a bit more assertive or tell them what, you know, um, something a bit stronger. Like it's 2019,
0: right? Yeah, I don't know why I would need to be assertive. Like, Do I need to be assertive saying that 2 plus 2 is 4? No, people should just know that.
1: Well, you know, the other thing too, I don't think our listeners would pronounce it incorrectly.
0: I don't think they really care about this conversation. So let's move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, happy new year, Alan. Yeah, you too. Did you right? enjoy your break? I did. I did nothing but play Xbox and watch Netflix pretty much. I did some house cleaning. Uh, it was fun. I did not I did not get away from the screen, but I watched a lot, of, did a lot of binging. I watched Bandersnatch. I watched Bird Cage. Bird Box. Bird Box. Bird Cage. Awesome movie. Totally different plot. I watched the uh the bird box. It was good. Caught up on my Luke Cage, got into my Daredevil. I'm kind of behind on the whole Marvel Netflix thing because so many come out, and I yeah, don't have and that you get a lot of time. Yeah, and they, so they I didn't get as far all as I them. wanted. Excellent. I can get caught up without worrying about when is the next Jessica Jones coming out, which is my favorite. Is of it? Those.
1: Yeah, I liked Iron Fist, but I have a martial arts background.
0: Yeah, and that's probably the and most. Iron
1: Fist ended in so freaking. Weird. I,
0: I haven't watched that that one yet. Uh, I was a big fan of the comic book. Yep. Both I have many issues at home of Luke Cage, the comic, which turned into Power Man, the comic. I also have the whole Iron Fist series, only 15 comics. And then I think John Byrne, who did X-Men, drew all those and did all the stories. But I also have the Power Man and Iron Fist series.
1: I have a comic book collection at home that – is probably worth today around thirty thousand dollars.
0: And so let's let's uh, so. Sc- excuse us for the tangent. So Marvels, <laughs> DC, Marvel. Uh, mostly Marvel. I was a big Marvel thing. I should give you my um, my stash link. Okay, I don't know what that is. It's a uh, website where I have all my comic books cataloged. Uh. So you yeah, you should. I, I would love to. Um, so I was almost
1: all Marvel. I haven't cataloged. So I used to catalog them on uh, in Excel, and so well, and then I would download the God. What is that one catalog book? It's a huge. The over,
0: overstreet 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 yeah. comic book guide. Yeah, um, I used to keep little index cards of all my comics. So I had like you know condition and and. Writer and artist, etc. So, what was your jam? What was your uh, go-to comic? Your favorite? Oh, Thor. Oh, really? Yeah. That's Thor. interesting. I was I was total X Men. I had pretty much everything from, for a while. I sold some in co- some of the more expensive ones in college to make some money. But from uh, the what do they they didn't call them? The New X Men. But from '94 on. Then you mean? No, no, no. Those came much, much later. I was more mid '70s to early '80s collecting i didn 't stop collecting actually, you know when I stopped
1: when I moved to Microsoft well, I stopped in college, I was out of money and actually sold some comics in college to make money oh uh, so i did i didn 't stop comics, but what I ended up doing um, I made a lot of money off of magic cards during that same time period oh
0: interesting, interesting, I never got into that, so I actually I think the writing on some of those X-Men series was so good. And I had a girlfriend in high school who was way into soap operas. And it oh. which like, whatever, you know. It was <laughs> oh, hi-
1: soap operas.
0: It was high school. But I, ga- I remember giving her like my X-Men, like, you know, check these out. And she got totally hooked reading through those stories because they're so well written and so well, you know, cliffhangers every issue. And hey. uh, Do you know, do you, do you remember the name Walt Simonson? No.
1: Okay. So he was the writer of the... The Thor books, uh, back in the day, and the stories he wrote are a big part of what's in the MCU right
0: now. Oh, interesting! Very, very interesting. Yeah, so, and of course, X Men. Those who don't pay close attention to the Marvel universe, X Men actually live in a different universe than the than the than, than the more mainstream in the Avengers MCU. World. And do you know yeah. why? Actually, I don't know why.
1: Because Sony owns the rights to X-Men, and they can't. Uh, that is why Scarlet Witch got her powers from the Infinity Stone and rather, not ra- actually ra- being, being a mutant. mutant. Yeah. Ah, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Indeed. Speaking of cliffhangers, do you wanna, oh, oh it's no. episode 96.
1: Yeah, it's it, this is episode 96. So you just hung out for the break. Yeah. I... Ended up spending a week in Carlsbad, California.
0: I saw like you went to Disneyland, which is not in Carlsbad.
1: No, it's in L.A., Anaheim. Right. Uh, so so uh, I grew up in L.A., and man, is Disneyland different. No, Disneyland it's, itself isn't, but that parking
0: structure wasn't there. I've never parked there. I've always just gone for a conference or flown down and stayed at the hotel and then walked over to the park. The area, the downtown Disney thing seems to have changed quite a bit from. That didn't exist when I was there.
1: Yeah. A- a- and the California thing didn't exist. The crowd oh, was God. crazy. Yeah. I definitely, uh, now I've been to both, but at this point in time, I definitely prefer Walt Disney World. Uh, if nothing else, because it spreads the. Crowd out through like 18 different parks. Yeah. Um,
0: I went to Disneyland Japan once, and that was, you think the lines in California were long. It was every single, every attraction was two hours.
1: Yeah. We didn't have that problem. We, there's a great app that we took advantage of. We very quickly, uh, me and my son, who were more efficiency minded, uh, worked together and worked out like, timing and minimizing wait times very a lot well of done. my agile training got involved in uh, you know, very well done walking very through. well done and then uh, there's an update that I have so as most as the three know I've I only had one class left and uh, just before just before new year I finally went and Tried to go sign up for the class, and I couldn't. It, it the the website said not a student. The web uh, a bunch of other um, signs on that, and I'm like, holy crap! And then I went and looked up requirements on the degree. It's in the it's in the uh, the university catalog, and it said you had to pass these things. And you have six years to do it. It's one thing that's nice about my school. For a master's degree, you have six years. It's online. So you can really take it easy. And then if you work at something like Microsoft, with six years, you can really spread out the classes and take advantage of the the education benefit here where they'll pay for school. But they'll only do a max of 10K a year. Anyway... I, as several people know, I was I was iffy. I'm like, God, I don't want to do this. Uh, but it's one thing and going back and forth. Well, once I discovered that the choice had been taken from me, I was actually surprisingly depressed. I'm like, oh, okay. What do I do on my resume? What do I do if people want to? Uh, Just lie like everyone else. Yeah. Uh, well, you weren't there at that time. <laughs> <So> the time. So a couple days later, I sent mail to the registrar, playing dumb, saying, hey, I can't register. What's going on? And they came back and they said, oh, yeah, I just put a block on, on you because you took the last year off. I'll re-enable it and you'll be able to go and register. And then I realized, even though 2019 minus 2013 is six – I still have all of 2019 to complete my sixth year. (laughs) And I'm like, so a little bit of relief, uh, signed up, class already started. I still, um, not happy that I have to do this, but you don't have to, I don't have to, you don't have to do anything. No. So now I realize that if I don't, I will regret it if I don't complete it. So that little thing actually closed the decision making process for me. Cool. Anyway.
0: Right, you can join me in having a master's degree. That'd be nice. Of course, my master's is, is useless, but, well, it, I learned how to learn. Right? All, I don't all, think your master's is useless. All, all, all the research part, I, I apply. I still apply every day. And the other thing I'm excited about, because I've, I've known this
1: for two years now, is that is once I am done, I already know what I'm going to go do next. And it's relevant because I'm going to start taking guitar lessons.
0: All right. Cool. Do you want to do a podcast? Sure. Let's do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So, if you haven't listened to episode 95, our year in review, which, by the way, do it like voiceover
1: guy. Last time
0: on On, episode. Last time on AEB testing. One, our episode was mentioned in. Uh, the latest weekly update from Ministry of Test. They that sent, episode was yeah, yeah yeah why? Because it's cool to listen to.
1: Oh, the podcast, sure. The but podcast. why that episode?
0: Because re- people like reflections, predictions. So then they can come make fun of us when we're wrong. Oh. But as we were leaving the room, as I was heading on my vacation, <clears throat> you were returning to yours. You said something interesting. I
1: did. Well, i believe I have discovered a missing principle from mt
0: you have have you
1: i believe i do is it the peter principle no that one's that one is uh well established doesn't need to be part of mt although actually in a twisted way yes it is the pretty principle
0: tell me <laughs> tell me your hypothesis. And for those of you following, we don't add principles willy-nilly. We don't even edit them willy-nilly. We vet them significantly among our three listeners who all hang out with us on one of the three.slack.com. Of course, you can go to moderntesting.org and click the link to join that Slack group. Free to join. But and it's I, the
1: only place to get the cool sticker.
0: I don't know what you're going to say, but <laughs> Let's talk about this proposed principle number eight, which I already feel strongly against, and we will discuss it. And, and you then, feel strongly
1: against just
0: because seven's a cooler number than eight? Because I feel like the principle—I I more and more—I feel like the principles are complete. Okay.
1: Let me sum The current principles, right? Number one, uh, I'm not going to read this whole thing. It's, it's a it's around guiding people towards the key focus which is the business mm-hmm. okay number two it's about being in a team accelerant and it's and it speaks to sort of an execution model and the types of differences we use to execute number three a force of continuous improvement this uh, if you were to sum up this is about adaptability not pre. <laughs> or helping the team learn. Sure. Well, then I would say number four is about the quality culture, and I think that's a big part of, of yep. helping the team learn. But it's a team focus. Mm-hmm. You help the team grow. Number five, it's about the customer. And in my view, it is, it is about the True definition of the word quality. Number six, data. Data is great, but in another aspect, it's about uh, an execution model, it's about a how. And then finally, we expand the test abilities and know how. This is about testing scale, uh, and in my view, removing testing specialists from being a linchpin in the system. Sure. Okay. One of the things that we've talked about over and over again is followers of MT need to be accustomed to taking a leadership role. But I think the fatal flaw right now is in, in the MT principles. If you go through and you do this and you do this too soon, what happens to you? And I think one of the aspects of, that is missing from MT is, I, and I, I wanted to talk about it today, I wanted to propose it and see if you agreed, and then maybe brainstorm around the language. But I think the issue that, that we are missing is, you know this old phrase, you can't love anybody else if you don't love yourself? No. Oh, okay. Um, it's a phrase, it's old. I think it's similar to to (laughs) leadership, right? Uh, One of the first things around learning leadership is leading by example. And I do think one of the things that you have that is missing from MT is some sort of principle that specifies you need to guide yourself. You need to control your own destiny as a result Uh, or as part of this as you go through and migrate people to an MT philosophy. Thoughts? I will say it is on the Slack channel, while you're thinking. One of the most common questions that we have uh, is, well, what happens to me? Or where do we go? Or how do we do it? They're very tactical things.
0: So that point is true. A lot of questions we get, are what happens after I transition my team to modern testing. If I'm going through that myself, uh, continually shrinking my team, uh, what do I do next? So that part I fully agree with. That part we need to discuss because the answer to that is a bunch of different things. And then getting into your point, yes, it's important that we think about how do we what does our transitioned role look like? But the difficult part is for that question is that it is unique for it's gonna be unique for every single person. There isn't a blueprint like the person that transitions teams to modern testing. This is the role they typically do. That it looks like X. That's not gonna happen. I actually like that modern testing principles are about how they're really an extension, as I've called it before, of, of Agile testing. But they're about the team, how the team becomes a top-class software engineering team. What things do they have to do to make quality software that combat all the things that are wrong with traditional test-last, test-as-the-bottleneck, as the bottleneck, test as a scapegoat testing approaches? I, I completely agree. I like that. So it's tough for me... But
1: let me let me add one counterpoint, right? Okay, then I'll, then I'll go on. If we have software teams today, right? It's going to be about leadership, and uh, we talk about transitioning of of activities, as well as supporting or investing in in several um, execution activities. The the one thing that has occurred in both your and my careers in the past is, as we work towards elimination of things that are stupid, we've both discovered that we get acknowledged and get moved and moved into a different role. However, I don't know that it's entirely accidental or luck-driven, because both you and I. So for example, as I moved out of test, I went to dev. Right? And now how did I how did I get to dev? Well I invested myself because at minimum I needed to pass the stupid interview. Right? Uh, it, it, so the leader in in the MT space that's that's that we're targeting here. Needs to have a sense of where they're going and needs to invest in themselves I I think
0: while you were talking, I got why it doesn't click with me. Okay. And maybe this is where some feedback would help. The modern testing principles, again, I call the antidote to traditional software testing. It's how we make software in a much better, more efficient way that's going to be better for our customers and better for our business and more efficient overall. They're team-based, and where the i think where the glitch comes in is we've talked about we've talked about this before but very early on in our discussions about modern testing we said there's no such thing as a modern tester but we've also acknowledged that someone who's leading the team towards modern testing principles could be referred to as a modern tester but I still – and and that's, I guess, sort of the role I'm in. I'm the – I'm not a – maybe we need a new name for that. If I if, – if the person that led the team towards modern testing principles was called the poobah, I'm in the role of we a We have language for it. We call
1: it the coach.
0: Okay. So I'm the coach. I'm the coach. These aren't coaching principles. They're about the team. So – it just so happens that i'm in individual role but the principles i having a principle around an individual role takes away from the modern testing principles which are about team achievements and team capabilities
1: i hear what you're saying
0: so uh, but so i'm 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 still not thinking it's a principle but Given the amount of questions, given what I'm going through myself, given the discussion we've had on the Slack channel about this, given how open-ended it is, oh, my God, what happens? And also adding into that the fact that just like when Microsoft or Yahoo or whoever just got rid of their testers thinking getting rid of the safety net entirely was all you needed to do, there is a probably legitimate worry as more and more teams become aware of what modern testing is going, okay, let's do that. Let's skip to the last half of principle number seven. That will accelerate it. It accelerates, in the mission statement will make all that happen. I think there is uh, some sort of addendum. I'm not sure what the proper name for this is. So let's not get it's,
1: semantic yet. There's but but not a principle. So me,
0: there is a supporting paragraph or a supporting uh, manifest, a supporting something. I don't know if it's a principle that, that, or that not su- that supports the the leadership and the individual role and what happens. What happens when someone?
1: But you I have just realized. Yes, I, go on. So this is fantastic. This is this kind is, of what I was hoping it would happen. Okay. So principles. That I would be right. Principles. Okay, yeah, let's, 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 let's ignore. Let, let, let,
0: let, let's be right together. I just like to. Let's ignore
1: right. the semantics. Like everybody knows. If I'll, it's important enough, you and I will agree it's a principle. I'm not going to try to fight that. Okay. I, uh, I think there's agreement that it's an no, important uh, topic.
0: Principle number five we can have this discussion to what? vet it out but only the customers oh, sure, 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 only sure. the customer our listeners yep. people who only our listeners can help us figure out what is right here we'll just have the debate to get the ideas yep. out there but okay go on
1: one of the things uh, in in what you just said triggered a thought and it's it's a thought that i've seen over and over again in the teams who i train through agile i now have gotten very good at de-specializing teams. But once there's momentum in that direction, you need to stop them before they overgeneralize. So you can think of it as a pendulum between specialists and generalists. Mm-hmm. And you you de-specialize and, and they they are becoming nice shape people, but then they don't stop.
0: Okay? Until they're flat as a pancake. And the
1: risk with Overgeneralized people is that they're all the same, right? So the, the problem with having a team is teams are made up of individuals. You can't treat them. There, there, is an, a, there is an investment that needs to be done within a team at an individual level because they are part of the team. In a soccer team, you don't train everyone to be a, a keeper. You don't train everyone to be a forward. You do want some versatility – but the people who are talented at keeping and forwarding, uh, yeah, I know all the soccers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you want to invest in that specialization while still maintaining that generalization. And I think language that is highlighted around that is
0: important and missing. Your turn. I'm, now I got to think about that because that now it's clicking a little bit better. Uh, I don't know. I got to think about that for a minute because the it doesn't have the same sort of trigger as the let's have a principle about the individual. Agile's different than MT. MT fits within Agile very well, like a foot in a sock. There's probably a better metaphor there. But is there anything in modern... Anything in the principles now that would lead a team towards overgeneralization? I think I don't think so. Convince me I'm wrong. Boy, we could
1: uh, so no, so so. Here's the thing I'm saying is that there's nothing that prevents it. I don't right? think it's
0: anything that encourages it either. No, it,
1: it's so. What I will tell you is, at least from my experience, like a lot of the principles we have here. Uh, as as you well know, come from lean and, mm-hmm. and and DevOps and DevOps and other things like that. But this is much of what is discussed here. Is it, is we're, we're telling people to to battle against external forces, and I think I think it's entirely possible. Uh, let's take your situation as an example. I think you're leading all of this just fine. But once you have created a stable quality culture, once you have converted people into understanding the, the customer and not the PM is the only one that matters, once you've convinced people that the team is stronger by spreading out the testing abilities, mm-hmm. right, uh, let's take that aspect. So for a lot of teams, uh, and I'm certain this happens within Unity, but I don't know, I don't work there, Uh, several people are going to view you as, in fact, the test guy, regardless of what decoration, what title, and how you frame it. You're going to be the test guy to at least
0: one person. more true for uh, the people on my team than for me. Right. So when you succeed
1: in publicly spreading out... Your secret ingredient, your special ingredient—the reason why they hired you—and you convince them that, yeah, in fact, we don't need Alan's team. If you haven't invested in some fashion of where you're going to go next,
0: yeah, but I think that puts you at risk. I I think that lives outside the. I don't feel at risk. I mean, the absolute worst thing that happened is is that
1: just because you're chock full of self-confidence.
0: No, I, have, okay. I I don't have nearly enough self-confidence, I, but I do have <laughs> enough. I mean, the absolute worst case thing that could happen is they say, thanks for fixing all this stuff, Alan. We don't need you anymore. Then I go find another job. Uh, that's the worst case, but that's not going to happen. So yes, you need to think about probably earlier than you think about what you do next and how your role evolves. It's really not a next. It's not a step. It's an evolution. Yes,
1: as you are helping the team adapt, you yourself needs to adapt. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's, and I get that, but I think and I, you can't ignore it. That that's the message we, I'm trying to say. This is something we'll continue to discuss. Uh, I'm not bought in yet. I think the in, I think the individual growth comes outside of modern testing. But while you were talking, I talking about overgeneralization. I wanted to walk through the principles real quick. Uh, and ask you this: Like, I'm curious, what would happen? It's like, can you overdo any of these principles? For example, walk through with me. Listen, don't read. Could we improve the business? If our could our could we over prioritize improving the business? I guess, yeah. If you put it that way, maybe. Yeah, you, you couldn't. For imp- sure. You couldn't improve it too much, but you could over prioritize it. Could you accelerate the team too much? I guess you could focus too much on it. Now now that I'm reading through it i you could you could overemphasize uh, the way you're going to go is
1: is very much my complaint about the agile manifesto right people if Yeah. The part of the thing, the thing about the principles is they're intended to balance each other out to make sure that you if, don't overemphasize one thing in contrast to another.
0: So I'm going to say if there were to it's be It's a system. I was going to say if there were to be an eighth principle that it would be that the these principles are a system, they work together. Actually, this is maybe going somewhere. Leave, and I'll, I'll get the right phrasing here, but uh, leaving one out or overemphasizing on one is not modern testing. It's a balance. It's a balanced system. You can't just go, yeah, these are great, but we're not going to do the data thing because we think that's stupid. It's not empty. Or these are great, but it's somebody else's problem to improve the business. We're not going to focus on that. That's not our thing. This is a challenging topic.
1: When I, walk, when I coach people through, particularly if I'm going to coach people through Kanban – Okay. If they're in waterfall and I skip straight to Kanban, it's foreign to them.
0: Oh no shit. Yeah. I
1: mean I mean yes. And the the biggest problem, and here I will say a problem in this context, with a shift to Agile, let's say I, I, I again like Kanban here, is it's principle driven. It doesn't tell you what to do per se. It tells you how to decide. I, I like uh, Mary um principles that she uses. For example, um, the one I'm thinking of right now is optimize the whole, which says you're going to have some business KPI. Go after optimize the business KPI. Don't decompose it into its component parts and try to sub-optimize those. From a data science point of view, I know that to be true because you end up having one KPI, cannibal- one of these component KPIs cannibalizing the other and having no effect on the whole. But I did the analysis and I said, okay, I think she has seven principles in her list. And I said, what happens if I do – I did this for each of them. What happens if I do all of the others but not that one? And every single time, uh, I was able to
0: go, oh, this dysfunction would, would create that. I, I, I see the same thing with ours. Not yeah. to break my arm patting ourselves on the back, but I think they're a system. So I'd be curious to look at hers. Does she talk about them being a system and working together? Or does that just come out the I don't of recall. Because maybe I've taken that for granted. But no, I think it's – or maybe it's in – some text that goes around them? I don't know.
1: But when I guide people through it, I said, uh, so my process is I guide them through. I spend uh, three months being their um, scrum master of sorts. I run their stand-up and, to help reinforce what I taught them because it's too, it's too much all at once until they can sort of get it and they can hand off to an internal coach. But one of the things that I tell them is when you start this, You, I will tell you a set of rules and you will follow those rules. It is an advanced topic to – and as you know from your cities with Kanban, you are uh, permitted and encouraged to modify the rules as long as you have a rationale. Mm -hmm. But what I've discovered is when people start doing that and they don't understand why the rule was there in the first place, uh, they always – literally 100% of the time, hurt themselves.
0: All right, so I haven't sold you on... No, you haven't, but I do think... I, you sold me on the idea. Give me all the questions about what happens when I get my team towards modern testing. I I mentioned earlier, worst thing is is they is Unity says, well, thanks, you did everything, nothing left for you to do, get out of here. But that's not the case, because although we're moving towards modern testing, we're, we have a ways to go... Uh, More on some teams, much less on others. Uh, It's certainly not self-sustaining in many places. So there's a lot more to do. Uh, But I think optimizing the whole is a good way to put that. I think making sure that we are accelerating the achievement of shippable quality across all teams is still, still a goal, still a mission. And there's still work to do there. Let, I, me,
1: let me tell you my motivation. And, and you know this already. MT in my mind is an amalgam of our experience towards something that you and I had a lot of passion around when Microsoft went through this. And that is helping to remove the FUD from... Uh, the test organization, when this was announced, and mm-hmm. helping them, helping them guide, or helping to guide them towards a place where they would add value. And I will say, first, certainly in the orgs that I was in, I was in the minority of seeing the clear path here. And I was talking with tests, and they were like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna lose my job." I'm like, "Yeah, with that attitude, you will." <laughs> Whether you're right or wrong. Uh, what you believe will happen will happen. But open them their eyes that, no, they are not uh, – they are at a fork in a road, not on a path that guarantees uh, a leap off the edge of the cliff. When you're scared, when you're frightened, you don't see that other path. What I worry that in this particular case, right, we have uh, the three listeners –
0: Oh, by the way, for the three, FUD is fear, uncertainty, and doubt.
1: Yeah. The scary future. I don't think you and I scale to be able to be there and intercept each individual as the when they're not able to to see that positive path forward. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's maybe what I'm seeing. Is perhaps is just a slight language change to principle seven.
0: let Let's um, If you don't want to join the Slack group, that's cool. You can email us, um, alan at angryweasel.com. And if you have feedback on that or thoughts, you can just let us know. But I, I have a feeling some more discussion after feedback will come up on this in episode 97. I have a hunch.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I'm actually excited about as well... And it's on the Slack channel. If if you have an interest in it, you'll need to join the Slack channel, um, uh, mostly because I'm lazy and I don't want to look it up. Danny Fott is about to do a presentation on his experience leaving test. And I think those type of things are going to be helpful towards the MT believer, follower, whatever we call them, to make sure that as they're doing the right thing for the quality culture, they're also doing the right thing for themselves. Because I didn't get into this to create a new way for these folks who I believe add great value. I didn't get into this to find a new way for them to lose their jobs. I got into this to find a new way for them to still add value.
0: I'm not, as I mentioned last time, I'm not planning on doing any conferences, especially not test conferences in 2019. But while you were talking, I had an idea for a talk I want to do, but it'll have to – I'll just plant the seeds. Someone else can give it. I'll help you with it. But it's uh, a life after test talk, which is – which is, but Danny's stories is his individual story. Yep. But I think sharing four or five or six different paths, because I know at least that many off the top of my head. I don't inclu- think it should
1: be a talk. I think the- we should do it on the podcast. I think we should invite people in, in and interview oh. them and, and do that.
0: You know, one of my predictions for, I don't know if I talked about it last time, one of our predictions for 2019 was that we would have an external guest, a dial-in guest, and we could still do that. I have the the hardware to do that to get a good recording, which I haven't tested yet. And I'd also have to, the only way I know how to do it is with Skype, but I'd have to install Skype, which is a little, I, which I hate, but I guess it could happen. But uh, something we could do, we should have, we really need to have some guests to talk about the transitions this year. Uh, I'll have to figure out how to do that. I had, a, as an aside, usually we keep the recording equipment here in. Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot. What's the name of your company? Uh, Microsoft. Microsoft. Yeah. Usually you keep it here at Brent's office at Microsoft. But I had it with me over the break, and I should have taken some time when I had it to try out the adding a remote collar hardware to my setup here. But I didn't.
1: It's not that much harder to take the gear, and instead of walking
0: it to my office, walk it to your car. I know, I know. I could just take it with me. <laughs> right. Um, you're right. I could just take it with me today and then go check that out. Maybe I'll do that. I don't know if I have time in the next two weeks. I'm taking off. Uh, we didn't get this in the, in the, in the pre-patter, pre-chatter, pre-chatter patter. I am leaving to Europe for 10 days in, uh, when do I leave? Two weeks? Work or? Work. Oh. Work. Uh, two days of manager meetings um, and then travel day. To go, a whopping two-hour train ride, uh, travel day, and spending a five-day internal conference in Sweden. Uh, nothing like going to the beach in Sweden in January. To
1: five-day internal conference.
0: Yeah. How many people? How many employees does Unity have? Uh, total about two thousand, but there'll be about a hundred of us there. So
1: is that more like a gi- ginormous offsite then?
0: Kind of. It's kind of a ginormous offsite, but it's all it's it's. Remember when we used to do. At Microsoft. Sounds like the, a Windows all hand. The engineering days. the what, what was that called? Hackathon? No, what was it called when we had over in the conference center the week of talks and workshops? EE, the org I was in, ran the thing.
1: Yeah, so the one oh. I pay attention to was called the MLDC.
0: No, it was way before then. There was a, like for three or four or five years straight.
1: Machine learning and data conference. Yeah, so, no. yeah we call it a conference.
0: Anyway, uh, it's that sort of thing. So about a 100 of the people in quality roles across, and some other roles, across Unity uh, doing talks, workshops, lightning talks, um, hanging out, getting to learn from each other. As you know, I'm a big believer in community, so this is something I'm, I'm really excited about. So it's a Barney event. What's a Barney event?
1: Uh, it's sharing is caring. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right.
0: We would love to hear what you think about the discussion today. I definitely am leaving with a lot to think about.
1: I'll post a question up on the Slack channel.
0: It's technically a Slack team, right? I don't There's know. There's channels within the team.
1: Yeah, I, the Slacky thing, uh, I don't – yeah, that thing.
0: Oh, I was on LinkedIn the other day and saw a posting for someone from my old team at Microsoft Teams posted – and it was interesting because it was largely like, oh, I, it was like taken from a job rec that I wrote. I recognize this job rec. I recognize <laughs> these words. Is that- yeah, teams, teams is the thing
1: now. Teams has almost successfully gotten rid of everything in Skype within Microsoft. And as I get more and more accustomed to it, I'm hating it less and less. And there- to be
0: fair, it's a good product. But you would never, it's. There are yeah.
1: things that I, that I, there's little bells and whistles that I think the wrong decision was made. But I also, so I want to invite uh, any new, new listeners to uh, join the, the Slack team. There you go. I think that is right. Yep. Um, I, I think we have enough queued up in the mailbag to uh, do Mailbag next episode. All right.
0: Let's schedule that in a moment here, uh, and we'll figure that out. Or we
1: can, uh, if there's enough interest in the three, we can keep going on principally.
0: Yeah, we'll just wing it. But for now, we've babbled long enough, and probably nobody is left listening. They've all hit end. We'll see you next time. I'm Alan. I'm Brent. Bye.
1: a way yes and it will be
0: i am so gonna keep this part on the podcast what the i started recording already oh all right then
1: Still going to fall down. I think I have to do righty tighty, lefty loosey. So this way. Yes. Ha! Inanimate object. At least for this podcast, I've defeated you. <laughs> and one of these is uh, shut the fuck up. Mode. I, I,
0: I wonder, I'll, I'll make go. that the inner groove. What? You know what the inner groove is? No. The inner groove is like sometimes uh, you'd buy an album back when you bought re- buy a record album, a uh, vinyl disc.
1: Oh God.
0: And sometimes they put a little bit of like audio in the inner groove, which is that groove that, that, that when you get to the end of the record, whether it's a 45 or an LP, you get to the end, that little space in there. Sometimes they put a little, and the needle will go, just kind of go round and round there till you lifted it off. Uh, sometimes they put a little bit of fun audio or music or some spoken voice in there. It's called the inner groove.
1: Okay wow you're old
0: <laughs> I am fucking old
1: <laughs> you know you, growing up I never did a lot of vinyl All right, um, um, because can you we... can't play records in your car that was y- a cassette tape yeah record.